hello. Welcome to episode 71 of Sack King's Therapy, a special edition of the post-NBA um, trade deadline edition of the Sack King's Therapy. We are going to recap that in a bit. Uh, but first off, I got to welcome back uh, my co-host who is, you know, fresh back from vacation, Bong. Yes. Hello again. <laughs> So Fong unfortunately could not catch uh, the Hawks game or the Warriors game, so I'll I'll pretty much be doing most of the talking. He will talk to we'll talk. Uh, you'll be hearing more from him when we uh, get to the draft or not the draft, the NBA trade deadline news. Uh, okay, so just to kind of quickly get them out of the way. Um, so the Hawks game, my main note of it was was that it was a great back and forth game. And even though it wasn't that high scoring, really high pace, lots of shots, lots of, you know, shot make, you know, down to the nail kind of shot making from both both teams. Like Fox was absolutely amazing. Scored at will, like during the entire game and the fourth, like Trey Young, cold for most of the game and like cold from three, but like got buckets for the most part throughout the game and really turned it up in the fourth, almost beat us just by himself. A uh, bogey had a really good game. He was very close to being the king's killer this game, and like you know, he, he you can tell like he had something going for the kings, you know, for not. I think like you know, just kind of joking, but not really. He's like a little bit of like you know, a little bit of a chip on his shoulders for a ba- probably us not picking or not matching his contract. In. You know, he definitely took it a little personally. Probably Capella was a beast down low. Like, it's not Rashawn's fault, but, like, Capella is just bigger and stronger and longer than him, so just got all the offensive rebounds. And, yeah, up until, like, the very end where they actually had to take him out because we were doing hack of Capella. But, like, overall, like, you know, Capella was just dominant. We had no answer for him for most of the game. Uh, On the Kings' side, as I said, Fox was amazing. Tyrese just did his thing. Like, you know, he usually does, like, you know, his setting up guys, you know, gets, like, deflections. But in this game, he also got buckets. He got crucial buckets down down the stretch, like a huge four-point play um, that got the Kings some separation. And, like, he was also able to kind of, like, you know, through most of the game run the, what, what, we, what I call from, you know, Chris Move whoever offense on Trey Young like he he you know got he basically got like a few buckets on Trey Young down the stretch kind of just shot over him and like you know pulled up from mid ranges and like floaters it was really nice to see that and that's a really good sign because you know this team it's really well it only has Fox as their as their one true like consistent creator and you know Fox if if the Kings are going to be a good team, we need a secondary like shot creator and shot maker because Fox simply can't do everything. And it was nice to see Trey being able to or Trey <laughs> Tyrese being able to kind of like kind of share the load a little bit with uh, Fox. And, you know, uh, Harrison Barnes, like Rashawn, they did their part. Buddy wasn't great this game, but like, you know, he he had his moments. He, you know. He has good chemistry with uh, Rashawn, and that's something that he like tr- that he added to his game, and like that's one of the ways he contributed to this game. Um, in terms of the final few minutes, like again, they were just kind of running offense at Trey Young, but Trey Young was again nasty in the fourth, like just got floaters and uh, like so many floaters and so many layups, just got to the rim at will or set up guys like. You know, as much as I generally don't like Trey Young all that much, 
like he was trying some of his foul bait foul baiting bullshit early on in the game but like you know as much as i don't like his game for the most part he is an, a transcendent passer and definitely one of the best offensive players in the game it's it's just unfortunate that he is really tiny and doesn't seem to care for defense so you know, lord knows if that's ever going to improve but we shall see yeah, he just about like won the game just all by himself. But on final possession, uh, he basically takes a screen. Uh, De'Aaron kind of gets screened off, but Rashawn switches. And, you know, uh, Trey Young picks up the ball, but De'Aaron's right there to strip him. And that leads to an out-of-bounds play. Uh, Gallinari basically gets a post-up kind of against Harrison Barnes and just misses the shot. Uh, that was basically the game, and it was really nice to see, like, Fox being able to kind of just completely take over on both ends. Like, he he is playing at an all-NBA level, and, you know, I don't think he, I don't think Amin El Hassan is going to be able to say, like, you know, John Moran is better than De'Aaron right now. I'm just going to say that. Any thoughts uh, from just watching the highlights at all or no? Uh, it's pretty much kind of like the same same old, same old with the previous Hawks game that we played. Uh, yeah, you know, defense optional. Good offense from both teams, really, man. Yeah, like you said, Bogey really stepped up his game today, and he really should have or could have been that Kings killer. And I really liked uh, the overall productivity. It's just, uh, again, this game was the, I, I guess, uh, what is it? We played the stars a little too much, you know. I wish we played the dirt unit a little more, but uh, you know it is how it is, and you know we'll we'll get back into you know the Warriors game, I guess. Well, it's funny you say that because this was one of the first games where like you know Luke Wong finally kind of dove a little bit into that bench, that third unit, that fable third unit that we always hear about. Just just a little taste. <laughs> Just a little taste. Well, it, one of the reasons why is because Met, Chemezi Metsu, he's back now. And he I was know. very good in the first quarter. And, like, you know, it's just nice to, you know, be able to kind of, like, go to a different look. And that's what the what Justin James and uh, Chemezi Metsu kind of gave them. They just gave him a little bit of energy and a different feel for the team. And it's mm-hmm. good to finally see, like, Luke Wong go to that lineup. Uh, Metsu was pretty terrible in the fourth, but it was able to buy – like uh, Fox a few minutes and you know we had a te- I think a 10 point lead going into the fourth and that evaporated almost immediately in the first two minutes but because like we played Metsu and Metsu just was pretty bad <laughs> during that stretch but honestly I'd rather go down this way than actually put like lose playing De'Aaron 40 minutes which he ended up playing anyways but uh like I- I'd rather do that like lose that way just playing the third unit rather than just running our starters into the ground. Mm, I see, I see. Okay, well, that's it for the Hawks game. Really exciting game. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about what happened after the game in a bit, but uh, just to get this out of the way, I guess, uh, Warriors game just happened. Uh, Draymond and Steph were out, and, you know, it was a good game. Like, you know, Fox, again, was absolutely unstoppable. No one had – there was no one really to guard Fox. Like, Kelly Rubre would be the guy I thought would give Fox a lot of trouble, but he didn't. <laughs> and Fox just kind of scored at will on uh, on the this kind of helpless Warriors team. Like, James Wiseman looked pretty terrible. Like, um, you know, 
what's his name? Oh, oh God damn. Okay, uh, Andrew Wiggins. Like, he was okay. He was pretty good this game, but, like, you know, he had his moments, but, like, he just kind of disappears for stretches. I don't know what it is with him. Like, sometimes he just does moves, like, that are so nice that I always just say, like, why, does, why doesn't he just do this more often? Why isn't he a star? That's the Andrew Wiggins story, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Next game, we'll see a drop-off, probably, but... You know, you never know. You never know with that guy. And, uh, you know, the the next thing I want to talk about this game, like the third unit played quite a bit, or at least it felt like quite a bit. Let me check their minutes real quick. Yeah, they actually played some pretty decent amount of minutes. Like, you know, Metu played 16, Daquan played 22, Kyle Guy played 22, and these guys were good. Granted, it is a pretty depleted Warriors team, so you can definitely get away with playing these guys. But, like, again, when the third unit comes in, it's not that if – I don't really care if they're good or not. I just want to see that different level of energy, you know. And, like, that's what they brought. They brought a different look. They have a different type of energy when they play. And, you know, the ball feels like it moves a little better because they know that, you know, they're not talented enough to create their own shots. So, like, they have to rely on each other to – break those shots and that's basically what they did you know Kyle Guy was a plus 16 if you're into that uh Daquan was a plus 13 and Metsu was a plus 11 like you know let's let's take let's like just dive into this pool a little bit like see see what you got there just play these guys a little bit more buy the starter some rest and you know like it like if we're gonna go down the stretch I know I know like Lu Wan's gonna want to win games but you might as well try these guys out, and if you lose a game like playing the third unit, I'd rather go down that way, as I said. Yeah, I agree with you. Another thing I wish uh, we played more of is uh, Robert Woodard, because, you know, he he, came, uh, he got back in. Uh, I kind of want to see what he has also. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't mind. Like, again, if you go down playing, like, rookies, trying to just see what you got and, like, trying to get them developmental minutes, I'm okay with losing losing those games. The, the, the games that piss me off that, like, you know, that we lose are the ones where you play the starters 40 minutes and mm -hmm. you still lose. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and, yeah, I'd like to see more Woodard. Like, hey, maybe some Jemise Ramsey. I really haven't seen that much of a Jemise Ramsey, and I don't know what to think of him, to be honest. Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen him on the court. Oh, man, it's probably been since the beginning of the season, to be honest. Basically, and yeah, we shall see like what hap what happens like going forward. Again, Fox just looks like a superstar, um, the, you know, lately, and like the Tyrese has actually woken up. Like, you know, he's he was scoring really well. He was like making his presence felt and he was just doing stuff out there. Although he had a weird Tyrese game like Tyrese usually like fills up the stat sheet, like in terms of like assists, blocks, uh, steals and rebound. He he only had one assist and 21 points this game. Uh, really? That, that's actually a really that's like a buddy stat line, if anything. But, like, <laughs> yeah. It, it, hilarious enough. Buddy had 16, six and six. Like, it's a weird game. Mm, yeah, that is. Yeah, <laughs> that is a weird game. It's it's a kind of flip flop. Yeah. So you know, again, like the Warriors were without their two superstars, basically. So like, there's not much we can take away from this game, but it is a good win. And like again, De'Aaron just looks like a monster out there. As always, did we mention he had a career high? <laughs> Oh, totally forgot. Career high, 44 points. His previous career high was 43 against the 
uh, Pelicans, I think in January. I, I don't remember the date, but that was a game we lost. And unfortunately, like, you know, at the time we were like, yeah, he got 43 points, but we lost. We can't say that for this game. He got 44 points and we beat the shit out of the Warriors. So, so yeah, it's a well-deserved career high. Okay. Well, let's move on to the, the main event. Uh, the trade deadline was earlier today. And the Kings made some deals. We actually made a deal with uh, the Detroit Pistons uh, after the Hawks game. So the story was we actually kind of knew a, a move was coming because Corey Joseph like literally ch- like checked into um, checked into the bench like right as the game tipped off, like right as they were doing the jump ball. So like a lot of people brought that up and probably knew what was go- what was going to happen and. You know, the bench actually apparently also knew, like, De'Aaron, De'Aaron said he actually knew that he was traded, like, you know, when he came to the bench. And, yeah, and it's, he's, uh, as I said, he's been traded to the Detroit Pistons for DeLon Wright. Uh, and we give um, the Detroit Pistons uh, two second rounders and Co- Corey Joseph. So, yeah, this brings an end to the Corey Joseph saga in uh, Sacramento. Uh, yeah, I mean, according to Reddit, uh, a lot of people love this trade. You know, I'm pretty sure Twitter had a huge say in uh, Kojo as well, huh? Basically, I mean, like, that was the only thing I really didn't like about the trade was the reaction to it. Like, uh, again, I, I will be the first to admit, Kojo, for the most, like, on many games, just wasn't great. But, like... You know, he's a defensive specialist, and he's a guy that kind of just, like, you know, is very annoying to ball handlers and just kind of, like, basically wears them out through, like, you know, through, like, the entire game. But, like, again, when he's on a team that has a very shit defense, like, that has a terrible kind of, like, defensive structure and defensive communication, Corey Joseph by himself cannot solve that. It's not his fault that that he gets blown by because guess what? Everyone, especially because he's guarding point guards a lot of the time, he's going to get blown blown by by a lot of these you know s- smaller point guards, smaller and quicker point guards, and he's going to get posted up by like bigger wings because he's just small. Like he is a piece that really helps a good team. Mm-hmm. Like, he he is a component that a lot of winning teams can make use of. Not the Kings, unfortunately. And I just always felt it was unfair how Kings Twitter tr- treated him. Like like everything was his fault. They hated when he was on the court. You know, they hated like basically anytime something goes wrong, it somehow traces back to Kojo and Luke Walton. I just always thought it was unfair. And you know his his Kings tenure. I I earned a. I mean, like he had my respect when he was guarding Luca and LeBron like last year during mm-hmm. those stretches and did a decent job at it. Like he was like I I just I just don't think you know no surprise surprise like normal normal fans on like you know normal casual fans and ca- and you know fans on Twitter like they don't really understand how defense is played. And I just think, like, Corey just got the short end of the stick of what was a very shitty defense overall, and he got the blame for all of it. <sighs> yep, that's that's a true. <laughs> yeah, overall, his career here in Sacramento, I got to say, really positive in my opinion. It's just that, you know, all of a sudden this season, you know, we, I guess, you know, fans expect a lot more, but, you know, it, it is how it is. Our defense is terrible, and... 
you know, yeah, we looked at the, I guess the bad end of the stick. I don't know what they're saying, but you know, I'm glad that uh, he's not in this uh, team anymore and not in this, uh, you know, toxic environment, I guess. Yeah, and you know, again, like the only issue I had with the stream was the talk was the very kind of just rejoice that of like you know losing Kojo and again I just I just don't think it was ever fair you know I'll you know like Kojo I like I I'll remember his tenure here like he was one of the only guys that like play defense on this <laughs> team and you know was actually one of the only ones that was even remotely positive on defense so you know I I just think like you know he he got a really bad rep uh, by being here and you know Hopefully, like he can do some stuff in Detroit. Maybe, maybe they even buy him out like next year, and he can go to a contender because he is a guy that's built for a contender. Yeah, we shall see. Shall see. Uh, we also got a got Terrence Davis from the Toronto Raptors for a second round pick. Um, yeah, I don't really have that many opinions, I guess, on Terrence Davis. I do remember him playing. Uh, here when uh, the Raptors came to Sacramento and destroyed us, like he was part of it. Like I, I don't really know much about his game. The only thing, unfortunately, that I've been able to gather on him, he was involved in a d- domestic violence, uh, domestic violence issue, and um, among some other personal issues. And uh, yeah, like you know, he brings a little bit of baggage, and I just hope he strains that shit out. And can be a productive player on the court. Yeah, we'll see if we could uh, put him some like probably spot minutes, and uh, maybe he'll fit in somewhere. Maybe along with the Dern unit. <laughs> not sure, but you know, I mean, why not second round for another player that has potential? Yeah, why yeah, not? Like you, you can take a flyer on a guy like him. And again, like from what I've seen, I don't have anything bad to say about him. Like, so, you know, why not take a flyer on a guy like that? Yeah. I mean, who are you kidding? I, I still don't know how many second round picks we still have. And like, you know, for the most part, second round picks are pretty useless for the most part. But like, you know, you know, uh, we still have our own. So like, you know, we don't you don't need like a, an abundance of them. And, you know, you can you can get rid of them in these trades. Oh, yeah. OK, the. Third and final uh, trade for the Kings. I think this is the final trade, but uh, Bielitsa was traded to Miami for Mo Harkless and Chris Silva. I don't remember if there were any picks attached. But if if it, if there was, it's probably a second rounder. So, yeah, what were your thoughts on this one? Uh, I mean, it's it's not bad. I mean, uh, as of right now, we didn't really have a use for Belizia. I mean, a lot of people had, you know, higher hopes in terms of uh, trading Belizia, but, you know, uh, there's also the other part of Reddit where they're like, oh, we're glad that he uh, left because, you know, he has a opportunity to potentially, you know, do well in the playoffs, maybe, especially in the Heat. The Heat had uh, a lot of decent trades so far, I, in my opinion. 
Yeah, they got Victor Oladipo for bread for some breadcrumbs, basically. So there's that, and they all they're probably going to get Lamarcus Aldridge soon too. I know. Not I that, that. Not that I think that helps, but you know, like I mean, like you know, Mo Harkless, he's a veteran. I actually kind of feel bad for Mo Harkless because for two years in a row he joins a contender. And that contender trades them to, you know, a team that's not really doing anything. Last year, it, they traded them to the Knicks, and this year they're just trading them to the Kings for basically no reason. <sighs> kind of feel bad for him in, to some degree, but I, I, hopefully he can come in and just, like, be that vet veteran guy. Mm. Because he has a lot. Apparently, from what I've heard, he's a great, like, you know, he's a great locker room presence and, you know, a gen- generally nice guy. And, you know, yeah, like, you, we need adults in this situation. And guess what? He's a wing. Ooh. Actually, now that you mention it, we do need a that kind of Iman Shumpert kind of guy in our locker room right now because no one's stepping up yet, I don't believe. I don't think he'll be that kind of tough leader like him. I think he's just more of a locker room presence, like, you know, much mm-hmm. like Harrison. So, like, I don't think I don't think there's going to be that much I think it's gonna be more of that than anything, but like, yeah, again, another veteran who's been who's been around the league and has a lot of experience that he can teach the young guys. Like, you know, I don't see this being a negative move at all for Sikemo Harkless. Yeah. Uh, the second part of it, Chris Silva. Uh, now I don't have m- many opinions on him. I do remember seeing him a little bit in the um, in the bubble, but like, wasn't all that impressed by him. But like, you know. Again, we I I think we ended up trading a sec. Well, basically the idea is that <clears throat> like he's a very much unknown. You know, he's a young guy, and yeah, apparently I think I remember him being pretty big. So like you know, it's not a bad idea to kind of just take a flyer on a guy just to see what you got because you know the Kings are in talent acquisition mode. Like you know, you just take some flyers on guys, and if they work out, they work out. If they don't, you didn't really give up much for them. So. I think it's perfectly fine. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, as of right now, we're trying to experiment and see who can fit our team and who cannot. And, you know, if he does, I wouldn't mind keeping him. Yeah, like maybe back up Rashawn at the five, like maybe back up like whoever the four is going to be. We'll get to that in a bit. Like, you know... It, it, again, he sees, seems like you know a high character guy. I, I think he was. I don't know if you've seen the video of uh the Miami. Like they brought his mom, like who I think had I think had to go to rehab and like had to go away to like basically kind of take care of herself before coming back. And like Miami, he actually like flew her into like the arena, and like you know he was crying because like it was the first time he's seen his mom in, in a long time. So like seems like a high character kid to me. Oh. We should do something for him. <laughs> I mean, we can. Like, we'll see. We'll see how this. Uh, we'll see how this season plays out. Oh yeah, we shall. You know, see. if he sticks around, you know. Uh, now, now I kind of feel bad if we do uh, wave him or not. I mean, we waved. Uh, you know, Fiondu, Fondu, Cabangele, like King. You know, King's legend at this point, like. You know, they actually sold his jersey apparently at the team store, and they actually have to kind of like you know pull that off, pull that like off the store immediately because you know we waved him. So <laughs> you were one of those people that actually got the collectors, what will be the collectors edition of the uh, Cabin Gelly jersey. Congratulations! Yeah. Oh, by the way, we also waved a Jabari Parker. Um, so I there's see. that. I mean... We'll see what team picks him up. 
Yeah, I, I mean, there, there'll be some team. I just don't know a, a contender. I mean, you know, Brooklyn Nets could always use a another offensive guy who doesn't play any defense. So, you know, yeah, why he, not? He really like he has like he has no fear when he, he has no scared. fear of shooting. Like he will yeah. shoot from anywhere, like inside, like around the three point line. He is he does not hesitate. And I I love you know I always respect those kinds of guys. Yeah, you gotta respect the balls on those kinds of guys. Yeah. Um, I do want to see him do like a coast to coast one time, but. Yeah, he almost did. Uh, I guess uh, whenever he played, I I, I don't even remember what the last time he played either. Last time I remember was like the bubble. Like he tried to go coast to coast, and I think I think he missed it. But like it was just nice to see him like you know still have a little bit of speed and again fearlessness, kind of still you know with him. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. Well, I guess to kind of close out this trade deadline thing, like. What were your thoughts overall on what the Kings did at, at the deadline? I mean, in my opinion, I thought there would be a few more bigger trades. Maybe, uh, I mean, Rashawn was in the block. Bag was was even in the block for a little bit, too. Um, but, you know, overall, I thought we did fine. And, you know, we should just play out the season and uh, maybe, you know, We'll find out from there on out because uh, we have plenty of time, in my opinion. Like, did did you did you want like the Kings to sell off Barnes and like did you want to trade? Did you wanted to? Were you on the wagon of trading Barnes? I did remember you telling me that you did. You you thought he was gone. In my opinion, I thought so. Like, like I said. If we get something good out of that Barnes trade, I don't mind. But if we can't, then we'll keep him around till then. But I feel like... I don't know. How many more uh, years does he have left with us? So he has two years left on his contract. And so mm-hmm. next year... So next year, he'll be an expiring, I think. I see. That I, th- I think. I'm actually not sure. I think that would be tough. That'd be tough to trade. <laughs> no, actually, that'll be easier to trade because they don't have to take on longer-term money. I see. Yeah, I guess I give it a year and see because I'm not. I'm not sure. I right now fifty-fifty. Okay, so I was wrong. So he so he has two more years after the season. So he won't be. He'll be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. Okay, then we'll just keep him for a year, I guess, and then we'll see. <laughs> I, you know, I'm on the I'm on the side of keeping Harrison on this team because, you know, I, he's not good enough to the point where he's gonna keep us or he's gonna like, you know, keep us going to the playoffs. <laughs> like, he's not like one of those guys that can carry like a team like yeah. the Kings to the playoffs. Like, he's not the final piece to make the playoffs. But once like we do get the pieces in place. He is the perfect kind of glue guy, I think, that every that a playoff team is going to need to find any sort of success. I see, like, I see. I just think keeping him around, like even into his 30s, I think he'll still be effective. You know, he is one. He is basically the only solid defender, consistently solid defender on the team, and like he's our only wing defender on the team. So you know, every 
every team that you know wants any sort of success needs a guy like Harrison Barnes. So to me, I I was actually on the boat of keeping him. Mm, I see. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind. <laughs> I understand your opinion, but we shall see. Okay, um, two two more two more Kings trade questions, I guess. We're we're are you surprised that Marvin is still on the team? I mean. Yeah. Surprise. I mean, more like I'm surprised that he was in the trade block. <laughs> I forgot. Who was it? He was getting, trying to get trade. Who were we trying to get from Memphis? Was it Memphis? Shoot. No, it was the pit. So the reported trade that ended up failing was Sadiq Bay from Marvin, straight up, I believe. I see. I see. It- they didn't release any details about the trade, but that was the idea of the trade, and Detroit said no. And uh, after that, it was pretty quiet, and I just don't think there's a trade market for him. A lot of people were – well, like particularly a Sacktown Baby Giraffe wanted one of Harrison, Buddy, or or Marvin gone because the idea is that we needed money to resign Holmes in the in the uh, offseason, and that's going to be my ne- that's going to be my next question. Uh but like, I just don't think there was a trade market out for trade market out there for him. And if there was, it was going to be pennies on the dollar. Like you're talking mm-hmm. like a second round pick probably. Like, you're not getting a first for him, I don't think. Right? Would you would have liked uh, Sadiq Bay in place of Marvin? Would you say? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I like Marvin. I just don't think that defense will ever get there. But, like, I wouldn't be mad. I'm not mad that we kept him. Like, the thing is, like, Sadiq Bey, like, I think he has room to improve. And, like, he is a perfect kind of guy to put next to Fox. Like, another wing that, you know, doesn't really need the ball, can do all these, like, can defend, can is a good, like, off-ball player and can, you know, create a little bit. Like, I think that's a perfect player. And, you know, he's young and, you know, he he has a little bit of upside, but like I think he would be he's a great solid wing in the league. I see, I see. Let's see. So let's see. Moving on. What were we about to say? So I was also. So my next question was actually going to be about uh, Rashawn. So. So were you on the were you on the train of trading Rashawn? In my opinion, I don't mind keeping Rashawn, but I don't think he would be a good starter for us. I think we needed a bigger center, to be honest. I would I would keep Rashawn as a bench player, like a second unit player. Okay. Uh. Yeah. I'll 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 get this out of the way too. I actually I may have a bit of a not a controversial opinion, but since you just kind of. You know, you just brought that up, but like he's in a weird spot where he's too good to be a backup big. Mm-hmm. Not exactly a starting center is the is the issue. Yeah. Like, but like I, honestly, had we like say kept Alex Len, I think that would have been fine. Yeah. Like had we had Alex Len to like start against bigger, earlier centers, I think I think you can put, like you know. I think you you can have Rashawn as your starting center is my okay. is my point just because like it is moving more and more towards small ball and there aren't that many big guys that can actually abuse Rashawn to be honest. But, okay. But you know my I guess my main question is that 
So let's just say we go into the offseason and Rashawn has, you know, let's just say he's getting offered a lot of money, but he's willing to stay for a discount. But it has to be a certain number. Would you be comfortable? Pay? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Keep on going. Would you be comfortable paying him, say, $15 million a year for three years? I'd say I would. That's that's like the maximum I would pay. I would say even a little lower, in my opinion. I'd say like probably 12. So that's kind of where it does get a little tricky because, at least from what I'm reading from Twitter, like since the Kings didn't really make that many moves in terms of shedding salary, i.e., you know, you know, trading away Barnes, trading away Buddy, and trading away Marvin. Like, we're not really going to have much cap space for Rashawn if we're not making any moves by, you know, for, by the time of free agency. So that was kind of the tricky part. Like, is he worth that money? Like, I think so. Honestly, I think he's, I think he's worth like, you know, 12 to 15 million a year. Yeah. And. That was, you know, we'll have to see what happens in, you know, free agency. Like, can we clear up, can we trade one of Buddy, Marvin, or Harrison by the, by uh, free agency so that we can open up space to re-sign Rashawn without going to the luxury tax? Now, out of those three players you mentioned, which one would you get rid of first? Uh, Marvin. Okay, yeah. That's actually, no, probably, no, actually, probably Buddy, but like... Oh, yeah? Buddy's actually harder to move, I think, just because of that contract. Yeah, yeah, I'd say Marvin first, Buddy second, but either way works, to be honest. Honestly, a week before I might have said said like Buddy first and Marvin second, but like Marvin has Marvin's dad's back at it again, so it's just kind I of know. my patience is running low on that, and it's not Marvin's fault. I hate to say it, it's not Marvin's fault, but like that shit is getting annoying. I know. Well, and my last question before we move on to just, you know, the rest of free agency, like what did you think? Were you disappointed that we didn't move, buddy? Mm, Like you said, it's it's a hard move. Like we would have to. I'm pretty sure we would have not gone too much back for uh, what we're giving, to be honest. So, yeah, it's a hard move. Okay, let's just say we got back two second rounders. Would you be satisfied with that? Let's just say from the Knicks. Let's just say from the Knicks, because, like, they have cap space and they legitimately don't have to send us back anything. Dear God, two second rounders for Buddy? (laughs) Oh, man, no, that doesn't sound too good, in my opinion. I mean, I know we need cap space for uh, Rashawn and not uh, whatnot, but gee, that that doesn't sound too good. So that's kind of my thing with the entire uh, with the entire uh, NBA trade deadline is that I'm not I'm not disappointed that these guys weren't moved. If you, and especially if you're gonna move them for pennies on the dollar, like mm-hmm. what the fuck? Like what's the point at that point? Like don't just trade these guys for the sake of trading these guys. Yeah. And like this is none of this is really Monty's fault. Like the all the guys that I've mentioned outside of Rashawn, these are all Vlade contracts. 
Yeah. He has the he has to deal with what Vlade kind of wrought upon him, brought upon him, and you know, like to give these these guys aren't exactly bad either. Like Marvin, you know, has a lot of upside, but has a lot of upside. Buddy is a elite shooter, and Harrison is you know your prototypical wing that every team needs. Like mm-hmm. these guys have value, and I'm just the part like I'm disappointed that nothing was done. Because it, it just kind of was a bit anticlimactic, but I'm glad that these guys weren't sold, weren't just like given away for like you know a bunch of useless second rounders. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Monty knows that they had that kind of value, but he had a limited, you know, source. Options. To go. Yeah, options. There we go. Yeah, so I'm not ex- again. It was a bit anticlimactic, but we did kind of upgrade in terms of talent, and there are there are these wild cards that we got that you know could end up being something. So I'm honestly not mad at this trade deadline. Yeah, like I said, we'll see about next season because I feel like we'll step it up just a little tad bit more. Okay, well, uh, the next thing I kind of well, let, let's talk about the rest of free agency before we move into this. Um, so, you know, what what were some other trades that caught your eye or caught your ear? Or, I don't know. I mean, okay, I, I mean the main two or main few, I'd say, is uh, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon. I'm I'm kind of a little surprised too, and. Uh, Vucevic, pretty much, yeah, the big core of uh, the Magic is pretty big, I'd say, along with, you know, Victor Oladipo, like we mentioned. Yeah, like, the, I was actually surprised that they actually moved that many guys. Like, I, honestly, I, for what they got for Aaron Gordon, like, okay, that would make sense, but, like, what they got for Vucevic, like, that was pretty disappointing. Like, I thought he would net more, but, like, in reality, I think that's about right, to be honest. Eh, um, you yeah. know, basically two first-round picks and then, you know, um, Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah, Wendell Carter Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds weird to say. I don't know why. I want to call him Wendell Porter Jr. for some reason. But, uh, okay. like, <laughs> yeah, Wendell Carter Jr. and, uh, oh, what's his name? Otto Porter Jr. Like... I mean, I guess that's not bad, but like, it just seems like they could have gotten more. I, I don't know, and it seems like the same thing for Aaron Gordon. Although they did get R.J. Hampton and Gary Harris, I honestly didn't know Gary Harris was on the block. I actually wouldn't have minded if we traded Barnes to to uh, Denver for like something similar to that package that they got. Uh-huh. Like taking Gary Harris at the most. Taking Gary Harris, maybe even getting like Will one of Will Barton or Monte Monty Morris, Ooh. or like you know somehow netting like honestly netting like R.J. Hampton wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Like he, I thought I actually really liked him in the draft. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like it's that actually it just surprised me that they actually went on a full like a full fire sale like that because you know the reputation of the Magic was that they were happy just being that team where they were just mediocre to. Just like, you know, pure me- mediocrity, like every year, barely make the playoffs and, you know, out in the first round, get, win one game against the Bucks, then get absolutely demolished. And yeah, I thought they were just going to continue that cycle, but they finally decided to pull the plug. Yeah, I, I'm hoping they're doing a 
big rebuild because that's what it feels like, <laughs> really. Yeah, and we shall see like what they do with it. A lot of Kings fans wanted them to do wanted like the Kings to do something similar to that. I'm not a fan of completely tearing it down like that. Yeah, we're man. It yeah, I don't even know what to give up for either of those three. To be honest, uh, out of three, I I think I would take. I would take Aaron Gordon. Like I, I wouldn't oh, want yeah? Vucevic. I wouldn't want Vucevic. I actually wouldn't mind Evan Fournier. To be fair, for what they what what the Celtics gave up for him, like wow, talk about pennies on the dollar. Like yeah. two second rounders was all it took. I mean, shoot, we, I mean, Wadi kept all those second rounders, might as well give it all out. <laughs> well, here's the tricky part about that: we would have been, I don't think we could have, because like we would have to trade someone to them. Uh, Celtics had a a trade exception to actually absorb Evan Fournier into that I see. into their team, so that is a little bit different. But, like, you know, two second rounders was all it took. You couldn't milk, like, you know, Aaron Neesmith from that team or something. You know, something. <laughs> yeah, shoot. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, for the – also, uh, for Victor Oladipo, like, talk about just breadcrumbs for <laughs> – like, honestly, I didn't think much of the deal when I, when I heard about it, like, you know, Victor Oladipo for two second rounders. But if you think about it, and you say, and you look back to the James Harden, like, like basically that's your starting point. Like they basically traded James Harden for a bunch of draft picks, which you know, Lord knows what they're going to do with those, and a, a few second rounders. <sighs> really, all they got for for James Harden. It's a talk about disappointing, and talk about ending it on a whimper and not a bang. Yeah, I mean, I feel pretty bad for Houston fans, but, you know, Miami fans, <laughs> they're, I guess, trying to have high hopes. They're getting a lot of, uh, I guess you could say, decent assets. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, they got belly. They they got a squad. I just, I'm not sure if the, any of those players moved, moved the needle for them. I, I don't know. It's... You know, again, I didn't think much of them last year, so Lord knows they just might make a run. I mean, the only thing is, can they beat the Brooklyn Nets? Never know. I mean, last year was, like, ridiculously unexpected. I I will say, KD, (laughs) Kyrie, James Harden, all of them much more complete players than, than Giannis. Uh, yeah. After all these trades, yeah, I I would still put the Brooklyn Nets on top. Yeah, and I also want to just make a note of this. So, like the Kyle Lowry trade was like the big story that was lingering for for those few hours. Um, the big hiccup. So he was he was uh, apparently about to get traded to either Miami or uh Miami or the Lakers of all teams, which was surprising. And apparently the hiccup that basically ultimately ended up with Kyle Lowry staying with the Raptors, uh, Miami would not offer Tyler Hero, and the Lakers would okay. not offer t- uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. 
Hey. I thought that's that was it, interesting. Yeah? I thought that was interesting to say the least. I mean, no, there was a lot of other stuff involved, but those were the big hiccups. They would not offer those two players. I mean, they're they're both pretty good. I mean, Kyle Lowry. I don't know how much do you think he's worth. I mean, I mean, honestly, had had he gone to either one of those teams, I'm pegging them to win their conference. Although I will say I'll be a little bit more queasy about the East because again, there's KD, there's Kyrie, there's Harden. I don't think any team's beating that team. But like, if he's on the Lakers, I will peg the oh. Lakers probably get the sweep to the to the NBA Finals. Ooh, yeah, I know. Oh man, that that sounds pretty interesting. But you know, it's too bad that it didn't happen. Um, I mean. Both players are really big assets, I'd say, for either team, too. So I, I definitely wouldn't give them up. And also, like, the fact that they wouldn't give up, like, Tyler Hero, I thought that was just interesting. That was the other thing that, like, you know, Miami was, like, one of the big suitors for trying to get Bradley Beal, and apparently they they wouldn't offer, um, wouldn't offer Tyler Hero. And... That just that's so interesting to me that like that that there he's that coveted by Miami. I mean he has great chemistry with the players and you know he's he is someday will be that all star to be honest. I mean he he's getting there. But you know what else is you know builds good chemistry? Winning, <laughs> winning. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that chemistry is important. Like when you're winning, that that shit don't matter. But, like, I, I and then Taylor Horn Tucker, for a guy that really, that legitimately hasn't done anything, for the most part, he's, I, I, I think he's good from what I've seen. The fact that he's like on that level where you're just like, oh, this is this Kyle Lowry would have been their ticket to an automatic NBA Finals, and they said no. Because of Taylor Horton Tucker, there was of course there were some other like issues like you know uh, Kyle, Kyle Lowry wanted a fifty million dollar extension. <laughs> yeah, I mean like there were just other hiccups, but the fact that that was the guy that was off limits was really interesting to me. Yeah, Ooh. it's too bad. I wonder what, what do you think is going to happen with Lowry now. You think Not, nothing? <laughs> I think, Nothing. He's, I, he's think just, I think he just stay, I think just stays there. I think he just stays there for the for the rest of his career because like you know he's a legend up there and you know he can be that you know that locker room leader for the for the young guys. I have a feeling that he wanted to win another ring, but it's gonna take a lot out of him to you know leave Toronto. Yeah, and you know sometimes you just you know just stay you know just go out like. Go out on your own terms, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> okay, we were going to actually talk a little bit about the draft, but uh, we've kind of overrun a little bit. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just kind of lump that into probably another episode. Um, so uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. And yeah, what they, you know, we have Fong back now, so we'll, you'll definitely be hearing his voice a lot more now. So yeah, um, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys back on uh, Saturday when we f- go up against Cleveland. Ooh. <laughs>
Also, by the way, that broadcast will be all female, um, from what I've heard. So, like, you know, you know, just su- support your fe- support your uh, fellow females, and uh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, we shall listen to that. Yeah, yeah. like you know, Katie Hunter's like really good, and uh, Morgan Reagan from uh, Deduce and Mopak. As I listen to them a lot, like she's she's awesome. So like, yeah, support them. Oh yeah. It'll be interesting what they'll uh, come up with. All right. We'll catch you guys back on uh, probably – let me check the schedule real quick. Yeah, so that will be the only – yeah, yeah. we'll come back to you guys on uh, Saturday. Oh, okay then. <laughs> we'll see you guys later then.